Hey everybody. Today is a follow-up episode from March 2nd, 2021, episode 109, Building a Commercial Kitchen, part one. So today in part two of this series, we are going to talk about framing in the commercial kitchen. All right, so for those of you who did not catch that last episode, episode number 109, we talked about the backstory of the commercial kitchen at that time, how I ended up here and how I ended up working on the construction of a commercial kitchen in the first place. So if you're interested in that, I would suggest you go check out the show notes and you can find a link to episode 109 and hear all of the backstory right there. Uh, today, we're going to dive right into the actual first step in the process of constructing the space. And this is episode number 117 of the All Around Growth podcast. And this show gives you some insight and tools to build the life and homestead of your dreams. My name is Rob Kaiser, and I am your host. Today is Friday. March 12th, 2021, and the title of today's show is Building a Commercial Kitchen, Part 2. Again, uh, this has been the weekend project every year so far this year, or every weekend so far this year, and today is no different, this weekend is no different. Uh, tonight I'll be cleaning up the barn a little bit to get ready for another big day tomorrow. But today, we're gonna dive right into what's up with framing the room and how we went about doing that. So for context, if you don't wanna to listen to that first episode, we are building this room inside a pole barn, which we sometimes refer to as a warehouse, depending on the context of the conversation. And if you're building a commercial kitchen, it's important to learn the laws and the regulations that apply in your state and your county. Because inspections by state, and oftentimes, uh, well, inspections by the Department of Agriculture by the state oftentimes vary by the county. Now we're not gonna talk too much about that, but should you decide to move forward with building a commercial kitchen space, either on your property or somewhere else, it is highly recommended to do some research ahead of time. And it is also highly recommended to visit other sites of other people who are engaging in the very same activities that you are. And not to mention, uh, it's probably worth visiting several other commercial kitchen spaces in your county. And this will allow you to gain some, uh, to gain some context and learn what is and isn't acceptable with regard to construction. 
you will find that most people are willing to talk and share experiences and more specifically oftentimes share what not to do so anyways if you decide to build a kitchen the first thing you want to do is frame in the room and like I said we or maybe I didn't say I definitely did in the first episode but we are building this room we're framing in the commercial kitchen uh, inside a pole barn and this room the commercial kitchen is going to be attached to another room that we had already constructed inside that pole barn and that room is an office so the barn that we are working in is a typical 40 by 60 it's actually a 40 by 64 pole barn and the office on the one side is about 15 feet wide and then the commercial kitchen space is also going to be about 15 feet wide it's not going to take up the whole 40 foot length or width of the barn but maybe about 30 feet because the other 10 feet next to it is where the walk-in cooler that we constructed last year is built and who knows maybe we'll get into what we did to build the walk-in cooler with a cool bot and all that in a future episode and if you want to hear some detail on that just let me know drop me a line allaroundgrowth at gmail.com or better yet jump inside the telegram community at t.me slash allaroundgrowth let us know that you listened to this episode and that you want to hear more on the walk-in cooler okay so because we've already built another room inside the barn or inside the warehouse for the purposes of this room we only really need to frame out two walls because the third wall is the outside wall of the barn itself and the fourth wall is the wall of the previously constructed office so to make my talking points easier and also to help you out as well if you decide to actually go this route and you know what I'm about to say applies to framing in of any room so I've listed the materials that we used during the framing and if you are framing in a wall or, or, or a room inside of a barn this type of construction process that I'm about to outline is going to apply regardless of the purpose of the room that you are constructing okay so first of all we've got two two by four by eight uh, pressure treated pieces of lumber and six two by six by eight pressure treated pieces and those are going to serve 
as the bottom plates of the wall. Those are the bottom plate makes direct contact with the cement floor of the pole barn and I guess that's worth pointing out is we have a slab underneath the pole barn so we are putting in a pressure treated bottom plate uh, that's going to sit underneath the walls that we built. Now we also have uh, we got about 16 uh, wall studs two by four by eight and then um, we picked up about 50 that well we didn't pick up I, I, I hesitate because I'm thinking this through we we picked up some that were eight foot lengths and then others that were 92 and 5 eighths. And you can pick these up pre-cut studs provided the dimensions of the room are being built to a uh, standard, I guess you could say. And the pre-cut the pre-cut wall studs made the construction that much easier. So, I'm sorry, actually it was 16 2x4x8s and then the wall studs were actually 2x6x8 because the 6-inch wall is the outside wall of the commercial kitchen and we are insulating the kitchen quite nicely and heavily because we want to maintain a current temperature or a constant temperature in that room since the room is largely going to be used for fermentation. And the better insulated it is, the easier it's going to be to maintain that temperature and the costs associated with maintaining the temperature are going to be as low as they possibly can be. Now, the sheathing of the wall, or what we are putting on the outside of the wall that faces the inside of the barn, is half inch, four by eight sheets of OSB. You can use plywood if you want, you could face it with drywall if you wanted to, but we chose OSB because that was the cheapest material and also because on that outside wall, we are simply going to build shelving and attach shelving to it. So it doesn't really matter what the, you know, what the wall material is. Um, before, we, we framed this in late last year and before the weather turned I was at least able to get a coat of primer up there and we are going to paint that wall white behind the shelving just to reflect a little bit of light if possible 
and also give us the opportunity to um, install some you know easy LED lighting underneath the shelving if need be or desired because that kind of lighting is cheap but I digress so whoops green light I got the arrow um, for those of you who aren't able to tell I'm on the morning commute so uh, we picked up eight sheets of that that's all we needed for the space you may need more you may need less but uh, all the materials that we used for the framing in are listed in the show notes so you can adjust accordingly based on the dimensions of your room and what you need for the roof above the ceiling joists we used plywood half inch plywood and it's actually not half inch it's uh, probably 15 30 seconds and um, if you're building on it uh, if you're building a room that's attached to another room you want your OSB and your plywood to match what you've built uh, uh, and already constructed that way things are consistent and uh, everything everything goes together well now one thing I kind of glossed over were the ceiling joists and we used 2 by 10 by 16 foot so the room itself is actually closer to 15 feet wide um, because the ceiling joists sit on top of that six inch wall so we're gonna have about a 15 foot wide room 15 and a half feet give or take um, anyways so that's it uh, you've got your bottom plates your wall studs your ceiling joists your wall sheathing and your roof what we did was we installed the bottom plates and attached them to the concrete with uh, well with nails and, and uh, I, I don't know what the little tool is called but you throw in basically blanks um, 20 22 caliber rounds for lack of a better term and and this will give you the impact that's required to hammer through the uh, bottom plate into the concrete and then we built the the walls the two by six walls we built those flat on the ground and then stood them up leveled the wall and then attached a couple of ceiling joists once the walls were up and the walls were level we went ahead and attached the rest of the ceiling joists and then we got the wall sheathing up the roof 
is something that we still have yet to actually attach to the room because um, the next step after framing the room in was not necessarily in the order that I'm about to state, but was insulation, interior walls, uh, the fiberglass reinforced paneling, or commonly known as FRP, and then the electrical. And those four items are what we're going to get into in the next episode of this series on framing in a commercial kitchen. And what I will do in that episode is I will also provide some very basic cost estimates so you can sort of get an idea of what you're looking at with the electrical and the fiberglass reinforced paneling because that stuff is kind of pricey along with what we decided to do with the interior walls uh, and the electrical. So I didn't, in I didn't include any costs of the lumber that we used to frame in the room because the lumber prices have changed um, and they have increased pretty significantly over the past 12 to 18 months. We noticed quite a bump in the lumber prices as we built this room last year in the year of the mighty pandemic. Um, so I suspect lumber costs might actually vary based on availability, region, and all manners of things. So at the very least, there is a list of materials there, and that'll help you get an idea of what you need, and you can assemble a relatively easy cost list based on the material list that is in the show notes. So that is about it for today's episode, my friends. I hope that this show was of value to you, and if you think it was, and you'd like to support the show in some way, shape, or form, all that I'd ask you to do is share the episode with a friend, share it on social media, just do what you can to get the word out there. We're trying to grow the show, trying to grow the audience, and um, anything that you can do to help with that is certainly appreciated. There is also a link in the show notes that you can uh, use to click to rate and review the podcast. And that link will take you to Apple Podcasts. And at the time of this recording, that is where we are getting the most plays. And that is where the ratings and reviews have the most impact. So it's highly likely that you are listening to this through Apple Podcasts. And if so, click that link, give it a five-star rating. And if you feel so inclined, give it a written review as well. Anything and everything helps. Ultimately, in the show notes, like I said, there's links to the material list. There's also a link to all past episodes and a link to the Telegram group. We've gotten some new people recently 
and I would encourage you to check it out, join us, and engage in the conversation there. t.me slash allaroundgrowth on your internet browser, or if you've got the Telegram Messenger app on your phone, just search in the groups for All Around Growth, and you'll find us there. This is Rob Kaiser, and thank you.